in a world few have dared to explore. Two men set out on an epic journey to answer life's manliest questions. From the Fortress of Smoothitude in Lawrence, Kansas, it's The Gentleman Podcast with Glenn Stansberry and Brian McKinney. Welcome to the Gentleman Podcast. I'm Brian McKinney. I'm sitting to the left of the funky Glenn Stansberry. <laughs> Get on up. <laughs> I just ad libbed that, Glenn. Really? Yeah. This is me just, singing James Brown beforehand. I had to call uh, call an audible on that one. Um, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I could live with that one. That one's that was actually one That's I would good compliment, hang actually. my hat on. Yeah. I was thinking so. The other thing that we should hang our hats on, Glenn, yes, is that we are co-founders of a site called Gentleman.com. Uh, it's a site for all things manly. There's some great content over there on Gentleman.com, and it's provided by hundreds and thousands, tens of thousands, legions of legions. loyal uh, members of the Gentleman community. That's right. Join our ranks. Stop on by. Join the Gentleman movement. Yeah, say hello. Say hello. Um, and stop by com to check out some of the stuff that is cool and manly on the internet. And once you do that, you can stop by podcast.gentleman.com and see some of the things we're going to talk about on this episode. You can right. um, check uh, follow along with the links that we're going to talk about and a couple other things from the episode. You can listen to past episodes for, I don't know why you'd want to do that. I mean, I'm surprised you're still listening, even though we just started this uh, two minutes ago, Brian. Let's not sell ourselves okay. that short. Okay. I mean, that's okay. that's that's, that's pretty pretty Get low. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. So we still got we still got a little bit of pull. Right. We still got you know still keep them hanging on. There's they're somewhat interested. Still. So well, that, okay. We haven't got past the drink of the week. Okay, that's true. Okay, that's true. All right. So um, <laughs> stop at podcast.gentleman.com to follow along with the show. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, as always, uh, the best way to do so is by the U.S. Postal Service. That's right. Um, via P.O. Box four four two three zero five Lawrence Kansas six six zero four four, and we will respond to that uh, letter that you send to us. Uh, you can send us a question to the gentleman mailbag mm-hmm. uh, that way. Uh, if you're you know if you're lackadaisical, if maybe maybe you never learned how to write. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a like, a, like, like, like handwriting. You went through the Common Core, right? But you didn't do like cursive. Or something right. Like that. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Maybe cursive. you're embarrassed of you know right. how bad your handwriting is. Right, right. Or maybe yeah, maybe the have you heard of a typewriter? Know. Yeah, exactly. You could, you could type us. Something. You could type. Yeah, you could type out. You, you could type out an email to us and then print it out and then send it to us. That seems that seems um, efficient. Yeah, but if you if you can't do that, then another way you can get a hold of us mm-hmm. is uh, by sending us an email at howdyatgentleman.com. Um, you can go to facebook.com slash gentleman. You can go to twitter.com slash gentleman. You can go to pinterest.com slash Oh, I mean, not. No. Uh, you can. Boo! Yeah, no. uh, Get on up. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. All the social sites. You, you know where to go. Instagram, right. all that stuff. Google Snapchat, Plus, hot Snapchat, or Hot or Not, um, Cupid.com. Okay, Cupid.com. Um, yeah. You know, um, PeopleMagazine.com. Us Weekly. Us Weekly. Um, so, yeah, get, get in touch with us if you have any, if you have any questions, <laughs> concerns, comments, anything like that. Let us know. And we do write back, people. We do. We do. We write back. You know, Brian, I, I was just thinking before the show started, mm-hmm. we've had some pretty amazing things on the site. Yes. I think it keeps getting better and better. I'm not just saying that. Like, it seems mm-hmm. like, you know, every time I visit the site, there's just mm-hmm. more and better stuff. <laughs> that sounds yeah. a little cheesy for a co-founder to to say that. So, Glenn, you're a member of the community just I, like everybody else is. I am. So, I mean, you're just calling it like you see it. Well, I don't know. 
I've, I've been really impressed and dare I say proud mm-hmm. of of our of the people that have uh, taken the time to submit the uh, wonderful content there. Absolutely, we always appreciate it. They do great stuff. Right. So, so speaking of that wonderful content, mm-hmm. oh no 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 no! Gosh, <clears throat> I'm all out of sorts, Brian. It's gotten cold outside. It's supposed to be warmer. I, I Glenn, just, we almost blew right by the stop. Of the week. Oh. Just stop. Okay. 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 This. It's the drink of the week, man. It's time for the drink of the week. Yeah. That's what we do every week. Well, maybe I'm out of sorts, Brian, because last time I was sitting in this spot, mm-hmm. um, I was sitting here, mm-hmm. thought I thought I felt something. Right. And We had a little bit of a disruption to the last podcast. We did. Let's just say. And what happened was, I, I think, is that um, Brian's uh, girlfriend mm-hmm. uh, threw a fake rat... Over, over my sh- <laughs> over my shoulder went a little high wasn't quite sure what happened thought I dropped something on my pocket after rooting around the floor for a while looked up and I was staring face to face with a giant fake rat <gasps> and I, and right now it's a little dim right yeah, it's not yeah. we have ambiance we got going the on mood, here. mood lighting yeah. and so there's just this rat staring at me with two beady rat eyes <laughs> it was kind of it was kind of dark in the area so it kinda, you couldn't tell really whether if it was fake or not and of course you sold it really well I was like is that is that thing real? Yeah. And you're like, ah! <laughs> I could have, I wish I would have, looking back, I, I should have, no, I should have, I should have freaked out myself and run into the kitchen, you know, oh. and then like, and then like carry it through and then been like, Glenn, what do we got? I mean, we got to do something about this. We can't just leave that rat out there, you know? Don't worry, Brian, I got it. Yeah. Just to, chomp just it in half. Yeah. Hey, there's, there's for nothing what, in here. For what it's worth, Glenn held his cool really well. More more cool than I would be in that situation. <laughs> I would probably have flipped out big time. And then it was just like, eh, just a rat, man. No big deal. You'd never woken up next to one? <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> so anyway. That's a slow Tuesday. So that interrupted the podcast last time. Needless to say, Glenn's a little gun-shy sh- gun and out of sorts now. He's always yeah. looking over his shoulder. The right shoulder here. Yeah, so... Um, I was going to pop out of here some... Well, I think, you know, I, I'm, I'm reasonably sure that that's probably not going to happen again, Glenn. Different rodent. <laughs> well, the, the real danger with doing a prank like that is that it really happens sometime. Right. right. And I'm like, Glenn, that's a real, you know. Sure, sure that's a real snake, yeah. Brian. That's a, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a real, a real rattlesnake, yeah. you know. And, and Glenn's like, whatever. He goes and grabs it up and picks it up. Remote then, control. Yeah. So um, let's hope that that doesn't happen. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm reasonably sure it won't. Okay, okay well, let's, well, let's get into the uh, drink of the week, yes. as we should, as we do. Um, <laughs> and this uh, this week, Glenn, I went over. You know, there's it's it's almost October. It's, it is. It's late September. You know, we talked about earlier on how they have preemptively. You start earlier and earlier now. Mm-hmm. It's going to get to the point where it's going to be December. You know, and they're going to be having <laughs> Oktoberfest beers for October of the next year, right? Because it keeps creeping up every every year. But we are into nearly October time, so it is these pumpkin ales, these these Oktoberfest ales. They 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 you know they're well you know well. What am I trying to represented? Say? Yeah, you know, they're, they're, good they're, representation around. They're well within their rights. To, oh, oh, they're I well see. within yes. their rights yes. to show up on store shelves. That too. Because it is that time of year. Yeah, um, and, and fortunately around here, it's gotten quite chilly, actually. Yeah. For, I mean, it's unseasonably chilly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think last Friday, it was like, the high was like 55. Yeah. And got it's usually probably, cool. what, like 20 degrees more than that? Mm-hmm. So, on average. Good. Starting to get chilly here, so it's a good time to have some of these pumpkin nails. So I went over to our local store, and I picked up, um, makes it sound like there's only one. Yes. Like one store. The down. last, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, there's more than one liquor store in town, but there's yes. one that I go to regularly. And I went over there and I picked up. I saw one that looked really good. Um, and this is from the New Belgium brewery in Colorado. Wait, is it Colorado? New Belgium? Yeah. Fort I Collins, I think. Is it? Yeah. Uh, maybe. Yeah. I think I think New Belgium. Okay. I, I'm just going to... Yeah. Fort Collins, Colorado. Yeah. Fort Collins. So one of the many um, excellent breweries in Fort Collins. Um, and I picked up a pumpkin kick ale. Um, pump kick. Pump kick. Oh, pump kick. Sorry. Yeah. I uh, can't read, obviously. Um, so pump kick ale. Um, and this is obviously it's a it's a pumpkin ale um, and the fruits and spices mm-hmm. um, that it includes are pumpkin juice, cinnamon, nutmeg, allspice, cranberries, and lemongrass. Well, lemongrass. <sighs> now I wasn't able to read that description before I picked it out because typically I don't like the you know the spicy. Right, 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 right. I like more of the, you know, we talked smooth. about this, the smooth yes. kind of like, you know, I think they call that Marzen style. Is that what that is? Uh, yeah, probably. I don't know. Maybe. I might be jumping to conclusions about that. <clears throat> Did, uh, do you have a rating from uh, Beer beer High Society? What's that? What's that site called? Beer Snob. Beer oh, snob. no. I'm um, sorry. Beer uh, Advocate. Advocate. Okay. I do, I do have the rating from Beer Advocate, Glenn. Okay. And that is a 77. Really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. So we're, we keep going down. We start with the Hibiscus Goes at 88, uh, and then we moved on to the Boss 47. That went down to 83, and now we're down to 77 for the Pump Kick New Belgium. See, what this site needs to do, Brian... I, oh, here's a business idea for us, all right? All right, we have, a, we have a beer rating site, right? Okay. But it's like Rotten Tomatoes where they have the critic score, and then they have, like, the average Joe Everyman score, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And so... So, like, the user score. And right, right, the aggregate score, and then they have, mm-hmm. like... Critic score. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's true. It's like I, movies are always, the critics always lower. And I feel like a site a site like that should do blind blind tastes. Yeah. You know, instead of knowing what it is, so knowing that it's like, you know, the <laughs> barrel aged oaked, right. you know, it's special okay. reserve, right. you know, something, whatever. Give them, get, uh, put it all into a high life can. Yeah. So take every beer, pour it into a high life can. <laughs> high life. And then slide it across the table and see what people say. Is this goat urine or yeah. is it Schlitz? <laughs> exactly. exactly. Answer as truthfully as you can. Yeah. So that'd um, be a great blind test. Anyway, uh, I don't know. I don't, don't want to be a part of it. Beer snob. Beersnob.com. Check that out. Um, so, so Glenn. Yeah, I guess it's time to. We, that's that's enough. That's uh, New Belgium. Uh, I looked up a little bit about this brewery as I always do because we always want to know what we're about to uh, pour down our throats. Right. Um, Good rule of thumb there. The thing that I read about this company was that it was inspired. Uh, a guy took a bike trip through Europe on fat tires on his bike. Um, and he was inspired by some of the ideas he got from that trip. And he came back and he created Fat Tire Amber Ale. Hmm. As well as their, I believe it, their like sour Belgian-inspired beer. I don't remember what it is. but hmm. um, So he, he kind of got into that. He made Fat Tire. And that's kind of what got the brewery going. And uh, ever since then, they've just been skyrocketing off. So. Yeah, they're, they're quite popular. Man, I don't know if I've ever had a sour beer that I've liked. Yeah, it's not my thing, really. I like it once in a while. It's kind of like the really hoppy ones, you know. Like I, uh, once in a while, I'll sit there and I'll have, I'll have one of those. I don't know. I can, I can, I kind of like it. All give right. me a stout any day, man. Yeah, Just, stouts are good. I like stouts. Mm. You know. Um, okay, well let's give this a, let's give this a test drive here. Yes. Starter up. It's got a festive label. It does I like Thank the labels? Sir. Yeah, they're very bright cool. orange mm-hmm. with a crow. <laughs> And a uh, reminds me of that movie, The Crow. The Crow. 
Yeah. Mm. Cheers. Cheers, Brian. Uh, cheers. To us. What was it? Seventy three was the. Seventy three. Oh, uh, okay. But we have we have seventy seven. Seventy seven okay. was the rating on on beer. All right, I'll, I'll tell you how many mustache twists I give this. Hmm. Okay. Mm. All right. It's a little spicy, but not too bad. It's a it's a kind of a. It's not like a, it, got, it doesn't have bite. It's just a spice, like just. It's a very particular cooking, taste. Cooking spice. Yeah. It's a very particular taste. You're not going to want to like have a bunch of them. But it's like it's like a. a, a uh, cinnamon apples, kind of. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. a pie spice. You definitely can taste the pumpkin in it for sure. Mm. All right, Glenn. So, how many mustache twists are you saying on this? We do, thank you. Uh, we do out of ten. Mm-hmm. Mm. I would say a solid six and a half, seven. Now, this is uh, the beer cost. I think eight fifty. Eight fifty. I want to say. Um, that's pretty good. Sorry, I thought I heard something. Did you hear something? Yeah, I heard somebody. Um, okay, so... <laughs> six and a half, seven? Are you, are you punking me again? <laughs> no, I swear to God, man, I'm not. I really am not. Really, really. <laughs> I don't know what that was. I, but we hear weird stuff out here sometimes. Um, Close to campus. Yeah. Um, so, so anyway, Glenn. Okay, so mustache twists. Uh, six and a half, seven. I agree. Beer was eight. I want eight or eight and a half dollars. Oh, right. That so that helps. That, that's that's, that's good. That's not bad. So I would lean towards the seven. I would seven say probably because of the price. Six point eight three, maybe. Ooh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, that's a good six point eight three mustache twist. <sighs> yeah, out of ten. It's not a beer I could just like throw back. No, over and over. But it's 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 something that you know. It's a nice change up. It is, and it's it's that time of year. I like the pumpkin taste to it. It's good. It's yeah. Good. Okay. Well, Glenn, mm. you know what else is good? Mm-hmm. Are some things that got posted at gentleman.com in the last week or so. Yes. Um, well, batting leadoff. Mm-hmm. Sorry, it's baseball. It's September, man. Yep. Playoffs. My Royals are on the cusp. Oh, sorry. Anyway, I'm not. I won't belabor the point, but hitting leadoff tonight. Mm-hmm. Razorback. The All Star. The All Star. <laughs> yeah, he would bat. Well, yeah. I know you, maybe we should have put him at cleanup, but yeah. Um, Leading off tonight, Razorback mm-hmm. has uh, uh, posted a. As soon as I saw this picture for this this tack, I um, it had you at hello sal- salivated mm-hmm. uh, salivation. It's a U two song, isn't it? <laughs> salivation. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> anyway, the tag is called "How to Make the Perfect Steak," mm-hmm. and it's by a pretty awesome site that I've never seen before. Taste tasting Taste table. table. Tasting table. Tasting table. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a culinary institute? I don't know. But... Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. The, it's all about the steak here, folks. Yep. Um, it has... And it lays out... The, uh, the article lays out how they think you're, you're to make the perfect steak. Mm-hmm. And basically, the gist is... Ribeye. Ribeye, yep. Salt. Right. Rosemary and thyme. Mm-hmm. Um, some oil and some butter. Garlic. But And garlic. Yeah, so you take the steak and you... Crush some garlic up and the rosemary and thyme, and I think salt and garlic, and you kind of just mash it all, like kind of make a mash and pat it on this steak, mm-hmm. wrap it, throw it in the fridge overnight, pull it out, and then here's the clincher in this article. And I've heard it many different ways, but mm-hmm. they say that in order to cook it perfectly, you have to bring the steak to room temperature. Mm. Okay. Which I've heard some people say is a myth, and I've heard others say, no, 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 it's helpful because. 
if you're trying to get that crispy on the outside, juicy on the inside, you know, nice and tender and rare on the inside. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have a really cold steak and you throw it in there, by the time the center gets warm enough, it the outside will be too crusty, okay. too dark. That makes sense to me. Yeah, and it does. Um, but they but this method too is a little a little different. I've seen this more and more. They're using a wrought iron skillet, not mm-hmm. not an open flame. So mm-hmm. anyway, so let me let me ask you this, Glenn. Yes, you see, Glenn Stansberry is somewhat ah. of a expert on <laughs> cooking steaks. <laughs> mm. I say somewhat because I'm I'm being you know I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to not talk you up too much. Thank you. I'm not telling you what I really think, which is that I think you're an excellent chef. Wow. Of steaks. Wow. So Thank what you. do you what's with your critical eye, Glenn? Take us through this mm. this steak recipe and what do you see when you look well, at this? Well, well, Brian, um, <clears throat> I think I actually don't cook many steaks in a pan. Mm-hmm. It's usually failed miserably for me. Really? Have yeah. you tried something similar to this? I before? have actually, really? and it just. I, I don't know. Were you using like a cast iron skillet? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I got a cast iron skillet. It's actually my grandma's. Mm, uh, cool. Uh, but uh, that's amazing how long those cast. I've had a cast iron skillet. I bought it when I was in college. Yeah. You know, and I still have it. Yeah. Like, it still works really well, dude. I mean, this skillet that I have is probably sixty years old. Yeah. It's kind of lost the the coating yeah. inside. Well, like, you know. Oh, uh, somebody posted Attack on Gentlemen. I don't know how long ago, but I remember this distinctly. They. Somebody posted a tack about wrought iron skillets and how awesome they are, or how, or how to, no, it's how to um, season them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because you have to season those, because mm-hmm. they, they take a little work. Yeah. And uh, somebody posted in the comments that um, he literally found one on a beach. He was on a beach somewhere, <laughs> and he found one on a beach, and it was rusted out, and he took it home, and he se- like seasoned it and like worked it out, and it's fine. I mean, they just don't, you, yeah. you will never get rid of it. Yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. That would ha- actually hurt really badly if you were barefoot walking on the beach and yeah. kick the old cast iron skillet. So yeah. Okay. So what do you think about this recipe? What do you What do you say? I think it could be good. Uh, the thing, the thing that I uh, I've never done the whole take. You know, fresh herbs and spices mm-hmm. and crush them together and mm-hmm. wrap it overnight. Yeah. Um, I think it would be very good. I know a lot of a lot of restaurants do the skillet, probably because it's a little bit easier more mm-hmm. than anything and a little yeah. bit more. Yeah, standardized, but mm-hmm. I don't know. There's something about so what went open wrong flame. When, some what went wrong when you were trying to cook on a skillet? It just the heat wasn't right, or yeah, I got it too well done. Oh, um, I see. Yeah, so when I was cooking it, the the, the skillet got too hot, and uh, I, it could have been that. It could have been a number of things. Yeah, uh, there's so many variables when you're cooking. There, yeah, <laughs> you have to do it like a hundred times before you yeah. get it figured out. You know, and that's partially why I just stick to the grill because what I know, mm-hmm. you know, kind of I got it down to. A, Kind of a sign, at least for me, and what I like. So yeah, uh, but yeah, uh, it looked like a great recipe. I, I'd want to try it out. Mm-hmm. And if the Culinary Institute of Tasting Table mm-hmm. says that's how it. you make a perfect steak, then well then, and if Razorback posts it, you know that's legit. It's like when politicians do that 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 key endorsement. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. Razorback is that endorsement. Yeah, you know, it's like you know. Like, I'm Razorback, and I endorse this steak recipe. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Then you're like, okay, you know, it's yeah. legit. It's legit. <laughs> Brought to you by the Razorback campaign for yeah. uh, culinary <laughs> yeah. justice. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, yeah, like, if, if Razorback was like, you know, I think we'd use, we should use aluminum cans for currency. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Okay. There's lots of aluminum cans out there. Yeah, that makes, makes sense. sense. Okay. It's, it's finite? Yeah, Done. I like it. Yep. All right, I'm on board. Yep. It's true. Well, anyway. True. Um, so anyway, okay, Glenn. Well, we, we know that 
this is how to make a perfect steak. Mm-hmm. Um, we should try it out sometime. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, that reminds me, how's your new Weber grill going? It's going good. Yeah. Um, for the you know to fill everybody in, I there's a saga that was involved with mm. me. Anytime I buy anything, mm-hmm. okay. Anytime I make a major investment, I'm up late at night searching through websites, looking at reviews, like like medical journals. Yeah, seriously, just like the whole gamut of well, you know, <laughs> consumer Bob, reports. Bob sixty nine at Yahoo.com <laughs> said that the grill got too hot at the corner, and you know, so I, I'm you know I get all sucked into it. I'm reading all the reviews, I'm you know, all the articles about it. It's a whole process around. You, you, you like the something. NSA for like purchasing. I get so wrapped up in it. So it was this anguishing decision on what gas grill I went with. And so I first yeah. started out, I was looking at a Charbroil, you know, yeah. one of the cheaper, you know, whatever, the gas grill cheaper, you know, whatever. And then I started reading about Weber's and mm-hmm. a little bit more reliable, longer lasting, you know. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, okay, I'm going to get a Weber, but what size and what, you know, make of the grill should I get and all this stuff. Where is it cheapest? Yeah, and all that stuff. So anyway, it worked out well. I ended up getting a very small Weber Spirit, which is like their kind of their cheapest gas grill but it's worked out really well just me and laura so it's like a little two burner it's worked out really well i've used it tons of times um really like it it's like you know i get the fact there's a lot of people out there that are going to say like there's a whole charcoal thing like you should be using charcoal to make to make the fire the gas grill is Mm -hmm. it's not real grilling Mm -hmm. you know to those people i say shut up <laughs> i have like 20 minutes to grill this thing i don't have an yeah. hour you know like i right. would love to you know if you have the time to like do the charcoal thing and make yeah. it good and you know whatever i just had so many inconsistent results on charcoal i there's nothing like spend an hour grilling on charcoal to like find out that you did it wrong yeah and then it's terrible and man there's nothing that made me get more angry than that, you know? So I find that, like, that with the gas grill, you can, you can control it exactly every time. You kind of take the guessing out of a lot of the stuff. It's quick. It's easy. Get in, get out. Cleanup's easy. Cleanup's easy. Um, yeah. Just got to anyway. buy the propane. Anyway, the point is, Glenn, it's going well. I'm really enjoying it. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm happy with my purchase so far. Someday in the future, Glenn, when we retire... Mm-hmm. I'm going to get full on into charcoal grilling. Yeah. But until that day. That's the next frontier. Until that day, I'll I'll go with my, you know, five minute warm up gas grill and then grill and then be done. So. I, 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 that's what I have. I mean, when I can, I use my father-in-law's green egg, which mm-hmm. is like the Cadillac of grills. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. That's a good grill. The green egg's a good grill. It's fantastic. Many a uh, delicious steak have I had from uh, Steve's Green Egg. The egg. Yeah. But anyway, Glenn, that's neither here nor there. Right. Just talking about this steak is, you know, it's getting me, getting well, me all worked up. Getting all hot and bothered over here. Ooh, speaking of hot and bothered. Yeah. Okay, not really hot and bothered. But <clears throat> Speaking of forgettable, Glenn, um, <laughs> this, next, this next tack uh, was created. The lead image. Yeah, was... <laughs> Added by J.L. Hopkins. Yes. Um, Been around for a while. And this one is... It's a very... I, I can identify with this, Glenn. And it actually <laughs> gave me flashbacks to... What? Um, so this guy is Australian. I don't know what the story behind this dude is. Apparently he has other videos on YouTube. I don't know. Um, he's kind of high energy all over the place. Yep. Driving down the road, he sees what he thinks is a tornado... But is actually a, it's, a, a, it's not a tornado. It's a dust devil. Right. Um, is that the but but that, for for Australians though, that's what they think tornadoes are. Okay. Right. Um, 
I mean, isn't that more common than like what we have in Kansas, which is like you know ruined towns, tornadoes? Well, from what I was reading, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. they were saying that dust devils are typically not as as large as uh, it's a very similar thing. It's just not as large. Gotcha. And so the one tornadoes are actually you know considerably larger. So they have more destruction. You know, more powerful all that stuff. But it's actually very powerful. It's just it's a smaller typically, but they can yeah. get big and dangerous. So. Hmm. Anyway, this guy's driving down the road. He sees one of these dust devils going going around. He, he hops out of his truck and to go get a quick video of himself with the thing. Uh, Running for, through it. For like a couple seconds before he realizes <laughs> that it's getting really close to him. He freaks out and he tries to run away. He gets to his truck and drives out of there and it scares the crap out of him. Yeah, this is definitely one of those, um, you know, shoot first, aim later kind of mm-hmm, guys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I, honestly, like it was... I think the most comical part was trying to understand what he was saying. Yeah. Like he got really excited. Yeah, he was kind of like a little Tasmanian devil himself. Yeah, you know? like exactly. You had just had no idea what what mm-hmm. what. I mean, you could tell he was excited. Yeah. Wait, no, and and also the camera work needed a little little help because it's hard to tell what's going on. He exactly. basically just runs with his camera over and then like puts him puts a like it puts the camera in front of his face for a second and then he freaks out and he runs back to the truck. So was he actually? Okay, no, he didn't and then, run and, into then it. It, and then the tony, then uh, the well the dust devil goes over the truck, right? I think I, so. He's I in the truck in it. I think so. There's a lot going on and yeah. a lot of Australian, you know, obscenities. So the reason why this gave me flashbacks, Glenn, oh, is yeah, because yeah. right around this time, mm. like three years ago, yeah, or four years ago, three or four years ago, probably just three. Okay, three years ago, I was going down to Winfield, Kansas, which I'm doing this weekend. Yep. And uh, to go to the Bluegrass Festival. And at the time, I ran into a driving rainstorm. And I did something really stupid, which I would advise anyone heavily not to ever do. <laughs> which is to keep driving on the highway in a really heavy rainstorm. And mm-hmm. that was a bad idea. And I just kept going and going and going. Until I got to a point where there was not not a fully developed tornado, but a basically a funnel cloud like right over my truck. And it scared the living crap out of me, and it was it was the scariest moment I've ever been in my entire life. I mean, it was that it scared me. Like I, you know. So anyway, I can I can empathize. If anyone's out there in that situation, pull your car over. If you get close to a tornado, pull your car over and find some cover somewhere because I tried to drive through it, and it it was the most terrifying thing that I've ever done in my Did life. Did you try to take a tornado selfie? No, I didn't. Okay. No. Have you ever taken a selfie? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you, you have to. I mean, I think. Don't you? I don't know. I, I don't know. I, it's just the nature of the cell phone. I mean, yeah. you used to have point-and-shoot cameras, and yeah. what I used to do is I used to set a timer, and I'd go set it on something, mm-hmm. and then get the time picture, and that was fine. But cameras, you don't have the built-in. I need to get one of those stands that you put and bring it, you know, that, like the little stand that you can put on your phone and then oh, yeah, it out. Yeah. And then, that's, little that's tripod what, thing. I, I don't like, I hate self, you know, the pictures are terrible, you know? Well, you can see your arm. Yeah, it's terrible. Well, anyway. Anyway, that's neither here nor there, Glenn. So, anyway, the point is, uh, if you get near a dust devil, if you get near a tornado, just go the opposite direction. You don't need to stand and get a picture of yourself in it, you know? Um, <laughs> his face. It does. That you should, yeah, his face, is, is. it shows the sheer terror of what's going on around him, uh, for sure. Uh, but, um, anyway, 
So, Glenn, yeah, that's the moral of the story. Actually, I think that's when he's still really excited. Sort of. I think that's the moment where he realizes that stuff's about to go wrong. Because <laughs> I think right after that, he pulls pulls the camera down and runs to his truck. Basically. Well, it was a great tack. Yes, it was. Made me chuckle. Made Brian think of not only the Outback, but also yeah. um, nearly dying. Mm-hmm. So, there Two you have birds, it. Two birds, one stone. Yep. Um, that's what we aim for. Efficiency here. Exactly. Exactly, uh, Glenn. Brisky headquarters. Indeed, sir. Um, okay, so there was some interesting posts from gentleman.com in the last week or so. Uh, Glenn... The hits just keep coming. The hits just keep coming. Uh, and speaking of hits, Glenn, uh, this oh. week I um, uh, I wanted to do a toast to a little-known uh, guy that um, I think is pretty cool. Um, unfortunately, the, uh, he passed away this, uh, this last week. A guy named Tom Skeeter. And who Tom Skeeter is, Glenn, he is the co-founder of uh, Sound City Studios in uh, L.A., California. And um, Sound City Studios is a legendary recording studio. Um, It's easy to say that uh, without Sound City Studios, without Tom Skeeter, popular music would not be the same. Um, All kinds of legendary albums were recorded here, starting with um, Neil Young's After the Gold Rush... Um, a couple of Fleetwood Max albums. Uh, all everybody, Tom Petty. everybody, yeah. Tom Petty, "Damn the Torpedoes" was, uh, was recorded there. Yep. I mean, uh, everybody has recorded in this studio. Barry Manilow has recorded in this studio. Say then. no more, Brian. Yeah, that's all you had to say. Rat out of the cellar. Yep, was recorded there. Mm-hmm. Um, Nirvana's "Nevermind," "Rage Against the Machine," self-titled album. Really, I didn't know that. Tools, Undertow. Jeez. Um, you know, so this is kind of like Mecca. Weezer's for... Pinkerton was recorded there. Really? Um, oh, that's awesome. So, so anyway, the point is, all kinds of legendary albums, and my favorite—the first album that they ever recorded at the studio, Glenn, was Spirits' 1970 masterpiece, "The Twelve Dreams of Doctor Sardonicus," which is an awesome classic rock, <laughs> rock record. If you haven't seen, if you haven't listened to Spirits' "Twelve Dreams of Doctor Sardonicus," go out there and listen to it now. Um, I love that album. Anyway, um, so uh, Tom Skeeter, he uh, co-founded Sound City Studios with the idea that they were going to, they wanted to become producers, they wanted to become uh, hit record makers, and they wanted to make a million dollars, you know, and it didn't turn out that way, but they did have a successful studio for a long time. Um, One of the awesomest things about this guy is that in 1969, when there was only, like, you know, there's only a handful of places with actual recording consoles in the world basically you know like these recording consoles were not as ubiquitous as they are now yeah. he forked over in 1969 he forked over $75,000 of his own money to buy a one of a kind hand built uh, Rupert Neve uh, recording console um, which was an incredible console for the day it was the most you know advanced thing that they had at the time and he just you know came up with the money and got it done and that's why a lot of those bands ended up coming in there and kind of built the legend and kept the thing going for, for that so long. Console for that alone. one console, basically built the whole thing. But it's incredible that somebody in 1975. I mean, he basically I can't remember what the logistics of him getting that much money were, but he basically had to mortgage his house or something like that to get that kind of money to buy it. You know, so he basically had to go into like. You know, the, went the, all in the danger zone. Yeah, he pushed the chips in on the. Did uh, oh gosh, did Kenny Loggins uh, record there? Uh, I don't know. I'm probably, sure he did. Probably he's with that you know <laughs> laid back Southern rock kind of thing. But um, or not Southern rock, Southern California rock kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But um, so anyway, um, 
they never like they never got millions of dollars or anything like that but they did have a very successful uh studio for a long time and the interesting thing about this place i, I watched that documentary sound city mm-hmm. which was directed by dave Grohl from the Foo fighters and nirvana um and they talk about how it was a complete dump like it was just a really shoddy building and old carpet stuff had been spilled everywhere. There were ashtrays everywhere. It was just a completely it's like rundown. a bad hotel. Yeah, it was just a terrible little place. <laughs> but like Dave Grohl describes, he walks in there and he's like, "This place is a dump." But then you start walking down the, the hallway and you see all the records that were recorded there, and you feel like there has to be some kind of magic there. And even Dave Grohl talks about it when they like showed up there. They like hopped in their van and they like drove from Seattle down to the thing and they broke down old van they had no idea that that you know nevermind was going to be this huge record they just you know they were just making a little punk album you know and uh it turned out to be this huge massive hit and he said like walking down that hall for the first time he was just blown away because you see all those gold records from flutewood mac and all these artists and like here they are recording this you know little album that they don't think is ever going to go anywhere and it turns out it's like you know the biggest album you know, of the '90s, basically. So, a couple decades, probably. Mm-hmm. Did they? Uh, not to mean to go too off topic, but how did they get hooked up with going to Sound City? Nirvana. Yeah, I mean, they had been. I think they were on a major label at that. So point. They just got signed a major so they, label, so they had the resources to go. I see. Record okay. at a big studio. They had done some like pre-recordings at some. I want to even say it was their producer's house or something like hmm. that. Just a smaller studio, and then they, they got the go-ahead to go and like make a full, you know, glossy recording or whatever. So hmm. they went to... They chose Sound City because of his reputation and all that stuff. So they had two weeks to record that record. So huh. um, crazy stuff. But anyway, so this guy, um, Tom Skeeter... From the from the documentary, it seemed like he was really cool, not down to earth, nice guy. Made a bunch of crazy classic records at his studios, and without that place, without him, things wouldn't be the same in rock and roll. So, thank you, Tom. Thanks, Tom. Toast to Tom Skeeter. Rest in peace. Um, yeah, sad news, but um, left behind awesome recordings and a great legacy. All right, Glenn. Well, uh, it's time for the. Um, Hot button topic, topic. Uh, Glenn. And um, this week, uh, you know, we're talking about Apple two weeks in a row, Glenn. Um, but there's a good reason for this. Uh, yes. Last week we talked about the new phones. This is a two part, two part or hot button topic. It is. There's yeah. lots of uh, this is this is part lots two. Of buzz. Probably not going to go where you think it's going to go, though. No. So, um, so one of the things that kind of got swept under the rug in Apple's big announcement, Glenn. <laughs> They, they put it at the end of the in the announcement, and you know it didn't really get you know. It was the one more thing. It was the one more thing, sort of. It was after the one more thing. It was. It was. Yeah. Uh, and it did but, them, um, the one more. And thing. it was even better than the real thing. Um, <laughs> it was the the announcement of that surprise. Apple's going to make you download uh, U2's new album. Hang on. Make you? You had the choice. No, 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 no. There's no choice. Hang on. There's a choice. You it had was, to click You had to click download. Now, some people have everything in their iCloud oh. it's automatically downloaded to their, to their stuff. So it was in their iCloud. It was in their iCloud. Oh, so they forced okay. it. So, so anyway, the point <laughs> is, Apple okay. made a very awkward announcement that they were <laughs> going to release uh, U2's new album to 500 million i users, i uh, 500 million iTunes users, <laughs> IE users, IE users, <laughs> iTunes users for free. You know that. Yeah. Day. But what they didn't tell them that some people would have it forcefully downloaded to their their system. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, they, so... Just... So, <laughs> the, so anyway, I, I think this is interesting because it's U2. Right. Which is one of Glenn's favorite bands. It is. Uh, Let's tread lightly here, Brian. I'm trying to I'm trying to walk around okay. this with tiptoes. Okay. So, okay, so here's my initial take. Yeah. So... I, I actually am covering the the event for um, for a little for a little s- publication a little publication right yeah. and uh, they paid me to cover it and so and to write about it and so I uh, I'm watching I'm getting really giddy because I I'd heard ahead of time that mm-hmm. YouTube is going to be involved now mm-hmm. in two thousand ten years ago two thousand four mm-hmm. they did a big uh, iPod launch with Steve Jobs and I can't remember. They just, yeah, they did did, they, maybe they just perform live. Maybe that's it. Maybe, they, but did they have an album maybe preloaded on there or something? Could be when you I'll, bought it. Maybe I don't know. Maybe, I, maybe. Yeah. So anyway, I was. I, I love you too, and I love you too. <laughs> <laughs> I love you too, the band, um, and they are one of my favorite bands. And yeah. uh, so I was really excited. So mm-hmm. the the event came, and like Brian said, it was really awkward. And so I was like clicking refresh on iTunes like over and over and over yeah. to get this album because. Okay. Not only is it a U2 album that's new, it's a free album, right? Mm-hmm. So I download it, and not only was I a little disheartened by the live performance, I don't know. Everything is just going to be Joshua Tree for me. Yeah. I'm never going to live up to that. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Joshua Tree is evergreen, Glenn. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it just never never gets oh, old. Oh, man. Those were the days. Yeah. Well, anyway. The album, maybe I need to give another pass, but I, initially I just... oh. I don't know. There's so okay. Uh, so many things. I was watching the live thing, and they played the single from it live, and it's funny because you know Bono, like he, he does a thing that all the musicians do when they release a new album. He says this is our best work right. in decades. You know, and, yeah, they, and, they never go like, oh, it's okay. Yeah, or like <laughs> you know, we really like this album. It's like no, this is the best thing we've done. You know, in, in twenty years, five years. Yeah, exactly. We spent five years working on this, and then you like listen to it, and you're like, "Oh, maybe you should have been doing something else during that yeah. time." Uh, because I listened to the single live, and I was like, "This is pretty awkward." And then, but since I've heard the single a few more times on like commercials and stuff yeah. like that, I'm like, "That's oh, not too bad." So maybe if you listen to it a few more times, I was that way when they came out with um, the one that has Vertigo on it. I heard Vertigo, and I was like, "Oh, oh yeah. this doesn't sound anything like you two. Yeah. It sucks." You yeah, know? yeah. But now I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm just excited that they're probably going to tour. Yeah, I mean, catching a live U2 shows. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, the other weird part about this, Glenn, that I don't understand. Right. This is the real crux. Is is that <laughs> is that Apple reportedly paid U2 a hundred million dollars, really, or something for this? Wow. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it was. I don't know if they paid. They said it was like a bigger. They said it was a bigger thing than just the U two album. They said it was like some kind of like ongoing partnership with them, or I don't know where. I don't know how it works out. Maybe they donated something to the Red campaign. I don't know how the money works out, but there's something about a hundred million dollar marketing thing involved with this U two deal. Wow. So, so let me get this straight. Apple paid U two a hundred million dollars, plus they got their album out to five hundred million people. Mm-hmm. Allegedly, mm-hmm. I mean, well, obviously, all those five hundred million people aren't going to listen to the album, yeah. but it's there if they wanted to for free. Yeah, um, I think you two got the better better shake on this. Well, it sounds like it. So, so I don't know. There's a lot of there's a lot of weirdness about this whole deal. But the the funny thing about the whole <laughs> thing, not the hundred million dollars, not the fact that Apple force fed U2's new album to five hundred million users, but people got so 
pissed off about getting a free album from U2 that they complained enough that Apple actually released a software uh, U2 album remover <laughs> for iTunes where you download the tool, you click a button, and it removes the U2 album from your collection. So it got to that point Whoops. where you know they actually had to release a. So- it's almost somebody. I was the article that I read to you said this this album is so bad it should be considered software malware. Aww. You know, like you, you need a, a tool to remove it, Glenn. I don't I'll, know. I'll don't take know. a bad U two album over a lot of bands' good albums. Let's put it that way. Yeah, it could be worse. <clears throat> um, yeah, it was. I guess there's a lot of reports of people thinking that their account was hacked. Oh right, because they're like somebody. Buy this album. Somebody got my iTunes, yeah, and they I, bought a YouTube album. <laughs> I never buy a YouTube album. <laughs> Who do I contact? Yeah. Uh, well, Apple's been having a lot of security issues anyway. So, right. uh, well, that that was one of the things that they said was they brought up was like this seems in very poor timing because they had all these iCloud attack like hacks. Yeah. And then all of a sudden these albums show up in people's iCloud, and it's like, oh, I didn't buy this. Like you know. First they're stealing our selfies. Yeah, exactly. now they're giving us you too. Yeah, they're putting. Yeah, they're buying you too on my behalf. Yeah. So, so anyway, I don't know. It sounds like that. That the whole thing sounded weird for me from the get go. Like I didn't understand what, it, why, how the deal worked. You know what I mean? From inside out, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like you just said, they paid you two a bunch of money. They gave them access to 500 million iTunes users. Yeah. I don't know. I don't understand it. I don't get it. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think you two got a sweetheart deal there. Well, what I, you know, the one thing about this whole deal that makes me happy is that, you know, Bono probably really needed the money. Mm. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, major stakeholder on Facebook. Um, I forgot about that. Yeah, he is. Yeah, you know? So, and, and legendary, you know, years of being a rock star. Um, I wonder, I can't remember what he made on the last tour, but I think it was like $100 million. Yeah. So he probably he's probably like, 90, well, maybe ninety two. Yeah, like if you needed another, you know, you got once you get that level of success, you got to keep going. So you get where's your next hundred million going to come? He from? needs his first billion. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I uh, huh. It's hard. It's hard for me, Brian. I'm torn here because this is like I know. Uh, every now and again, they'll throw out an album like, yeah, all right, we're back to our winning ways, and then they it's have hard. two or three. It's yeah, hard when you got a career that long, right. you got to come up with. Uh, I think it's actually Bono. That's that I was I I was watching one time and he made the comment that notes are expensive, man, because you can't because like once you use them, you know what I mean. Like yeah. you come up with the chord yeah. progressions. Like once you use them, you can't use them over again. So he's like, choose wisely when you're making you know making <laughs> these songs. You know, it gets yeah. hard. You know, because you got to repeat that success. You got to change. You know, I don't know. I mean, does anybody buy any of the Rolling Stones' new albums? Well. No. I mean, they must, but I mean, they're not like... I don't know, man. I don't know. I, it's weird because the Rolling Stones started in the 60s, but yet some of the stuff in the 70s and the 80s now are like still... They're like classic. Yes. Awesome records. That's you know? true. I don't know. I don't well, know. you could say like the 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 uh, the one, the one album that has Beautiful Day on it. I can't remember the name mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. That was a pretty iconic record. Mm-hmm. So they that was, a, that was a couple decades past their... Their starting point. So yeah. maybe there's a they have like a renaissance. Yeah, it's got to be hard once you're like a hundred millionaire to um, right get the motivation. Two hundred, three hundred million dollars to like make a good record. I don't want to go on tour. Yeah, <laughs> or you know, the tour bus is smoky. The song, you know, I can't sing about. I mean, how do you? I don't know. <laughs> have I already said this before? Yeah, I can't. 
Yeah, I, I always get a little leery whenever the band gets the Boston complex and they're like, We spent five years working yeah. on this album. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, mm. I think it was Oh, go ahead. I was just say with the Boston thing, I, I misspoke last time when I talked about how there's six years between Boston's mm-hmm. first and second album, but mm-hmm. actually it, their first album came out and the record company pressured them to release a second one oh. almost right after. And they got really angry about that. And so they said, no, we, we need more time. And yeah. then, I don't know if it was, it might have been like seven or eight years. Yeah, it was between, almost a decade. Between their second and their third album. Because so his third stage was the, the one that came out. So. The last stage. Yeah. I mean, you know. There were some good songs on that album, though. Yeah. Yeah. Was Amanda? Is that on that one? I believe so. Okay. Yes. Uh, well, anyway, U2, uh, the, uh, we t- we referenced Joshua. You know everything's mm-hmm. going to be compared to Joshua Tree. Yeah. Joshua Tree was like a quick, like they recorded it quickly. They spent some time, but it was like nobody really spent a lot of time together yeah. writing the songs. Yeah, they were all kind of did their own thing, yeah. and they kind of came together really quickly and just made it happen. Yeah, and after they recorded it, they're like, Ugh, well, all right, let's see yeah. what happens. Yeah, because they weren't they weren't happy with how it, they thought it felt rushed, and they're like, yeah. if we could just do it right, you know, yeah. think of what the album could have been. Yeah, like, well. Hang on. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah, exactly. It reminds me of, like, Def Leppard. You know, like, they they were, like, they, I think they spent, like, five years, and I, I don't know, I want to say, like, $25 million or something, like, yeah. $20 million making Hysteria. Like, back in the day, it cost, like, I don't know how much money for a studio time. Like, we just talked about Nirvana re- recorded Nevermind in two weeks. And these guys spent like five years <laughs> in a studio, like every day. They probably had to buy housing near there. Yeah, it was ridiculous. But he said, like, by the time they got done with it, they had to sell like I don't know how many millions of records just to break even on it. How do you spend five years recording the same album? They that, that's like that's like half a year for each song. I don't know. They they they. It's it's really I don't know. And it's full time. I mean, that's their job. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's like, you know, but. I, I don't the, the whole thing with them was like that it's like Mutt Lang deal where he's like ab- about absolute perfection like on every single part like they they talked about how they they got it down to where they would like every individual chord would be individual notes it wouldn't oh be an actual gosh. like chord strum it would be like one note perfectly played in time with the other note perfectly played on a different track with the other note perfectly played on the other track you know so it was that level of like absolute ridiculous attention to detail you know is this the lead sing- uh, the, the the guitarist or is this the uh, no Mutt Lang is the, the producer, producer that was married to Shania Twain that really that pr- yeah that huh. that uh, produced a lot of the early ACDC albums okay and you know like Back in Black and you know so he has a little bit of a history I you know he's got he, he has a lot of hit records you know and even the stuff in the 90s with Shania Twain and everything like that were huge you know successes. you have to tell me yeah exactly I'm a Shania Twain fan so anyway point is the guy knows what he's doing but that so yeah so anyway you can get you can get in the studio and get a little bit claustrophobic I think or not claustrophobic like stir crazy yeah stir cabin crazy. fever cabin fever exactly because you get in there and you're like oh we gotta like follow up this hit record with something else and uh, you know you get you get worried about it. Yeah, I agree. you know you get. I don't know. So anyway. <laughs> walls are caving in on me. Yeah. So anyway, you two. I don't know, man. The you two and the Apple might might be a short lived partnership. <sighs> that was. Yeah, that may have been. No. Well, Only we'll time see. will tell. You know what, though. You Only know, what I will, will say tell. though, I, I I love 
companies and musical groups that go out on a limb and try things. Yeah. You know what? They're yeah. not going to get hit, hit home runs every time. Mm-mm. They're still tinkering with stuff. They're still trying things. But the fact that they keep trying means they're going to do something. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. It's going to be, it, at some point, it's going to be good. Yeah. So. Okay. All right. So I guess keep trying, Apple. Maybe try. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you hit your hit one of these days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Someday your ship will come in. Yeah. Um, so, okay, Glenn. So that means it's time. We've talked about the hot button topic. It's time to uh, address. The questions from the gentleman mailbag from this week, mm. you know, um, and this is uh, this is kind of a serious question. Uh, I, you know, I, I get I probably get asked this all the time. You mm-hmm. know, like right. It's just one of those questions that keeps coming up. Yeah, uh, I don't know if it's because of you know I don't know what I don't know why, but the point the point is this, Glenn. This is the question. Mm-hmm. So imagine yourself. Entering a sports arena, mm-hmm. okay? You're the star of the show. You're the boxer entering mm-hmm. the, the arena, you know? This is actually what I do every day before I go to work. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. I visually... Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I turn the music out the on, bullpen. you know? Um, I walk by, hit the wall, you know? Play like a champion today. Yeah, yeah. All right. Hit the Dylan Panther sign. That shooting guard from North Carolina. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so you're entering the sports venue. What's your What's your entrance music mm. going to be? That's a good question. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a cliche. Well, I'll say... Uh, okay, I have two. All right. Okay. All right. Uh, it, this is... Like I said, it's a cliche, all right? But Inner Sandman, the... Doom, 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 over Sleep with one eye open. Now, is it the smooth jazz version of Interstellar? No, not oh. the smooth jazz. Okay. That would be pretty awesome, yeah. too, though. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there's that. But mm-hmm. that, I can't take credit for that because that's uh, Mariano Rivera's, the closer from the Yankees who retired last year. That mm. was his thing. Mm. So. Okay. Inner Sandman comes on, the game's over. Oh. He closed it out. So, I see, I see. That's can't good, do that one. Yeah. Um, I kind of. I kind of teetered between maybe some Rocky, you know. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but, but you know, uh, that's already been done, too. Mm-hmm. So, I have to go back to one of my favorite bands, ironically, that we just talked about. Which you, is too. YouTube. Yes. Okay. Um, now, now the question is, which one do I pick? Mm-hmm. There's, where the streets have no name, with that awesome... But also done quite a bit, you know. Mm-hmm. So good, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think I have to do. Uh, it's be- uh, beautiful day. Okay. It's got that. I like. I love how it's a beautiful day. Yeah. Okay. And the whole like. Yeah. Right. Right. That would be it. Okay. It's interesting you say that because you know what plays at Bill Snyder Family Stadium every every. Okay. I've pre-game. Pre-game. That's that's on the playlist. Every Saturday, beautiful day at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. Dang it, beautiful day, and you know, <sighs> you know how Snyder. Mm, no, he, I don't. He's so he's so particular about every detail. Details, Let me tell you something. Mm. He handpicked that song. I don't think he did. Out. Uh, I know. Me and Dave <laughs> joke about this all the time. This idea that somebody 
selected like a list of like 20 songs and they slid them over to Snyder and they're like okay we're gonna play each one and let you choose which one and Snyder who's you, this Nelly yeah yeah <laughs> Snyder's like oh I like this you know I'm I can just imagine him like listening to a beautiful day like this is a, this is a positive message for the young people these like young this. boys yeah yeah they're gonna get a lot of this it's toe tapping well it's toe tapping yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So you well, have I don't taste, care. Glenn. You have I don't taste. Care. That's a good sports interest because even mm. Snyder himself agrees with you. So there you well, go. Whoop de doo. Uh, so anyway, um, so Glenn, I was thinking about this. It's hard to come because you don't want to be like cliche, right? At the which same I was, time, apparently, you know, and you need something brief because you're entering the venue. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it's got to be like can't build. It's got to be like sixty seconds and done. Yeah, you know, I'm out there. I'm ready yeah. to rock. You know. So I picked the Friday Night Lights theme song. Whoa, there you go. <laughs> so Snuffy you know, Waldron. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Because uh, I could just I can just picture myself like brooding. Yeah. Like walking into the stadium, you know, head down, foot tapping, you know, like Buddy Garrity running out, <laughs> you know, like clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. Yeah. You know? Okay, I'm with you. Yeah. That would that'd be good. Yeah. We, I thought you were gonna for a second there. I don't know why, but I thought you were gonna say. Um, the darkness is, I believe, in a thing called love. <laughs> yeah, how awesome would that be? Yeah. Oh, you know one one I just thought about, which huh. is really awesome, which I would actually use <laughs> a lot, is from, uh, it's from, uh, what's the, uh, Alaska the Mohicans. Oh, yeah, I know what you you're know, talking about. The, the, the pop, the, the, hype-up, the yeah. hype-up song, you yeah. know, whatever it is, it's like, yeah, yeah, yes. That would be a good one. I, I hadn't thought about that until right now. Yeah. Yeah, that would be great. Mm-hmm. Just see Brian like coming over the hill like running. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I will find you. <laughs> I will win a, a an Oscar. Yeah. Um, so that would be a good one too. You yeah. know. So I think I think it would be good, Glenn, if you and I identified these songs and then right before we started work, like do an experiment and like next next week, like as we're walking into work, right? You know. Pop that on the earphones, you know, get yourself hyped up, and then, like, go go sit in front of that computer and type out that stuff. Type out that do. stuff? See how it goes. Oh, yeah. No no grammatical errors. <laughs> yeah. 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 Probably just, like, repeat the lyrics yeah, as I was exactly. typing on accident. Yeah. I don't know if that would make for good coding or not. No. It's hard to get hyped up for computer programming. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to program the heck out of this today. Yeah. Yeah. It's like in high school and I was running like long distance stuff. Oh yeah, you can't you can't get hyped up because then like you're good for about sixty seconds yeah, and, and then you're just a, like it's a long distance race. All right, yeah. let's uh, yeah. guys, let's put on the old swing. So let me ask you this, Glenn: when you're doing when you like do your personal workouts, do you listen to music? While no, you, you don't. No way. Really? Nature is my auditorium, Brian. Really? Yeah, no, I really don't. Mm. I, I I can never get into it. I just really? it's more of a distraction. Yeah. Wow. Can't do it. Okay. I don't I don't like it. I don't like. Yeah. Okay. I just like being outside. Mm-hmm. I just like it. All right. I know. I know. I'm in the. I'm definitely in the minority there. I don't think my wife can like. Rock, she can't do any exercise without having some some music. I think I could probably like kill myself <laughs> by working out if I'm listening to the right music. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it just like you just forget about everything else. Yeah. And you're just zoning out on on doing stuff. I don't know. Yeah. I, I think it's helpful, but. Well, I mean, and and you do different stuff. Like, like if I'm gonna try to go run, you know, yeah, miles, yeah, not okay. 
Well, Glenn, we're gonna, we, I'm gonna I'll listen to the uh, Last of the Mohicans pump up song, and I'll listen to some Friday Night Lights before <laughs> I start to get back to work, and I'll see how it mm, goes. Yeah, maybe before you edit this, maybe like prolific stuff will happen if I start doing that. Yeah, you know, wait, you mean like more prolific stuff? Well, yeah, more prolific than this podcast. Let's say that. I feel like I sold I sold my intro music short. How so? I don't know. I, I feel like I don't know. Maybe I didn't give it enough thought. Maybe I didn't... Uh, I don't know, Glenn. That last the Mohicans one. Yeah. That's like, yeah. That's like rock solid pump up music right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now it's just playing my head. Yeah. Over over. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, anyway. All right, Glenn. Well, Brian, that was number... What, what episode was this? 26? Number 26. Man. 26. We're getting Time up there. flies. Yeah, we're getting up there in age. Yeah, we are. Graduated college. Mm-hmm. Sitting on the couch, trying to figure out what to do with our lives. Actually, it's a little, little after that, isn't it? Well, 26. 26. Let five years go by. Yeah. You, maybe you got that extended degree. Yeah. The old double doctorate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the doctorate bachelor's. Bachelor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just decided to go back. Seemed like the thing to do. Yeah. So yeah, it's episode twenty six, Glenn. We're, we're recording this on a Monday, late on a Monday, because mm. I'm headed down to Winfield, Kansas, to go to the Walnut Valley Festival. If you're going to be down there, if you're going to be hanging out in Winfield, you see me walking around. If you see me walking by and a tear is in my eye, look away. <laughs> <laughs> no, if you see me down there, Walnut Valley Festival, stop me, say hello. I'll probably be wearing a gentleman T-shirt, so whatever. Buy, but... buy Brian a Frito Chili Pie. Yes, please do. And I will, be your, I will be your friend for life. Yep. If you if you do so, go listen to some bluegrass. Exactly. Um, so I'm excited about that. So I'm gonna try to edit up this episode up real quick and get it out there to the masses, so I can be in Win- uh, Winfield, Kansas, on Friday when this episode comes out. Um, so I can avoid all of the hate mail um, because I'll be shut off from right. society. So right. Glenn will get all the hate mail. Great. I will be enjoying myself in Winfield, Kansas. No man's land. Exactly. Um, so anyway Where the streets have no name Where the streets have no name Yeah that's where I'm going to be Glenn mm-hmm. um, some, Paradise City Paradise City There you go Just pulling out of the Yeah uh, Oh Welcome to the Jungle Is a great pump up song Oh yeah that's I've heard that one a lot dun, 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 Yeah Yeah that would be good um, Well anyway That's well, the show Well anyway <laughs> um, Alright Glenn So that was episode 26 I'm already looking forward To episode 27 uh, and I hope you are too. Yes. Uh, I doubt it, but I hope you are. Not after this one. Not after this one. But trust us, someday we're going to make a good podcast episode and you're going to want to be there when it happens because it's going to be amazing. And we'll tell you, we told you so. Exactly. Uh, so I'm Brian McKinney. I'm Glenn Sansbury. Uh Thanks for listening, guys. We'll catch you next time for episode 27. We'll see you next week.